Mixed messages. Hey guys, I did the intro this time. Very cool. Hoping everybody's having a really good week, really good month, really good holiday season. I know it's been a couple months since the last one, and this will be even after the last one. This would be uploaded based on our real world time. So far, we have two, including this one coming out. So, hi guys, welcome to this episode of the podcast. I am guest, but I will also introduce Mr. Michael Heath Burr. Yeah, I'm back, everybody. Mixed messages. Mixed messages. I guess today's probably going to be pretty organic. I'm also going to give Dad a lot of the reins, mainly because I just think he's got a bigger capacity for this kind of thing. But I'm really happy to actually be here and be present this time and really just let love flow and however that looks like and for anybody who needs to hear certain things or anybody who wants to feel certain things or whatever we want to express. So thank you, Dad, for letting me do the intro. Let's get into it. That's fun. Thank you. Actually, you want to give a little like scenic landscape, let them kind of know where we're at and what room we're in and just let's give a little orientation this time around. Yeah. So this is Daddy-O's house and by extension, my house, which is pretty, pretty cool. So we're in the stone room, which if you haven't seen it before, basically you have the bottom area that's this wooden cabin vibe. That's where the kitchen is, some living room spaces. It's got a different energy to it. It's our guest room and it's a lot more open and and soft and it just, it's very relaxing in there versus upstairs where we are is the stone room. It's a bit more, that's my dad's room so it's a bit more on the masculine on the woodsy on the stones like all the way up here in wyoming he's still got seashells in the stones on top of the fireplace so if you were to look around it's it's art and it's history and it's life it's one of those things where it's not that it's not colorful but it really is a bit more of that like natural wooden deeper toned yeah it is essence to it definitely on the masculine front and yeah more neutral colors everywhere and yeah but lots of art and yeah, it feels history, rich, right? Yeah. That kind of history and mountain land, for yeah. sure. <laughs> All right. The last time, you know, we left it off. That was a really powerful conversation, right? Yeah. And you had some time to process it. I had some time to process it. You had to dive in on just what the simmering felt like for you, like what you walked away from the last show and then what processed in between then and now. Yeah. So a lot's happened. And I really hope that helps anybody with anything. In a similar scenario, I think that there's a difference between what you'd be able to feel if you were to see me today versus what I can really describe. But I think that the takeaway from our last podcast, which was really huge for me, was I finally acknowledged that maybe I was a part of the problem. And that I had to do on my own time. You'll hear in the podcast, it's I disassociated, right? I just took myself out of the equation. And then there's feeling misunderstood. There's that kind of, okay, they don't get me. I have pure intentions. It's not working. Maybe I'll just disconnect. And what I've had to really simmer on is the lack of acknowledgement and responsibility that I was taking on my actions and how that impacted people. I've learned that there's a large difference in just feeling misunderstood versus almost having feedback of like, hey man, you know, we're trying to love you, we're trying to respect you and your most authentic self, but that was a little weird. And there is a a social learning, and I guess I just gave up on trying to actually learn what it means to be social and learn how to get to know somebody and take that extra step because I just felt so hurt that people maybe didn't like me or didn't realize that I had pure intentions. Yeah, powerful speak. I mean, geez, and you're not alone in that. Of course, anybody's listening to this have done it in some way of their own, right? We all want to detach, if you will, when it hurts. Yeah. And we all want to compartmentalize when we don't know what else to do with it. And I think coming into this, the reality is the Mixed Messages show, and that's the objective of the show, is where can we remove obstacles in our lives that don't allow us to love fully and be loved fully, right? Where are we lacking expression or knowledge or wisdom or clarity as to how we're landing on other people or how we perceive other people. Can we get those roadblocks out of the way so we can be more understood and therefore more freely expressed and more freely expressed? Typically there's more love to give and receive. And that's the whole point of this doing this podcast. 
is scratching away at the surface of that through conversation and deeper conversations that we don't always get a chance to have with people. And from a father-son perspective, there's a lot of work to be done out there for all fathers and sons. There's always misunderstandings. There's always misinterpretations. There's always you could have done or why didn't you do or, or why don't you see how much I love or how come this isn't landing or... Yeah. That's in intimate relationships of any kind. Yeah. But between mother, daughter, father, son, parent, child in general, child, parent, that is prevalent and omnipresent across the board with just about every human being on earth, I think. Unless you've done the work, unless you've taken the effort to do kind of what we're doing here is kind of break through some of those walls and those misconceptions of each other in our, like you said, our true intent. I mean, that's something I want to talk about a little bit more what that looks like. What is your pure intent? What is my pure intent? What has been our pure intent? What do we hope to and aim to have our true intention be moving forward for the rest of our lives? Yeah. And I guess, how do you reckon you can have that conversation? Like, where does that start where you, you're like, hey, dad, because I feel like sometimes there's a lot of blockages. Like, I can relate to when I was a blockage because I was so not in, in that most authenticity that you couldn't convince me. So where do you get to really be able to help somebody get to that humility that it requires to actually self-reflect and be like, okay, wait, let's break my square and try and hear this person out sometimes you never get there right sometimes you've got the five love languages and you're trying to rotate in and out of all of them do i hug more do i compliment more do i give more gifts do i do more acts of service where is my love going to land on my son so that he feels safer and more inclined to open up with me and vice versa and i think that's one of those art forms, I think this is a really amazing art form in the sense that it's it, we formalized it. We literally just said, we're going to sit down in front of a microphone and we're going to do a sh show together, Yeah, a series of shows. We have no idea what's going to come out of it, but it gives us the forum to see what does come out of it. And I know for me coming into it, and I know you knew that consciously and subconsciously, but maybe even more subconsciously, is that there was still that kind of I want to say it's like a moat to the castle where the drawbridge isn't all the way down. Felt like we had that distance a little bit between us. And not in our day-to-day -day lives, not in our normal playful conversations, not in our weekend hiking adventures or general planning for our lives. It didn't feel there, but it felt deeper. Deeper down, it felt like there was that distance for me. And that's really why I felt this was a ideal opportunity for both where we were at personally in our lives and then really where the show is aiming to continue to go was, wow, I guess it's time for the father-son seasons of mixed messages. Right. Yeah. And I can attest to that. I really can. Because, you know, this association in and of itself, if I'm not fully in my bones, if I'm not fully in, in my heart, I feel like with everybody and myself, like I really did create blockages and you were protecting yourself, and then that all comes from it. I mean, I'm doing that with bars closed right now and going through the going inward and going back through my childhood to find out where I stored up all these belief systems, where are my triggers, what were the traumas that kind of defined both the good and the bad sides of myself as a human being today. Because I know for myself that the next time I get into any kind of real intimate relationship, whether it be monogamous or intimate relationships that are monogamous, that are just connections and love affairs or whatever they are. Like, I want to be the most available, humanly, openly expressed man and present and awake and aware and noticing nuances and having my heart not be jaded and bubble over with the satisfaction. And that comes with getting real clarity on who I am for myself and then also really helping you what you're helping me with and hopefully it's going both ways is identifying one of my most important relationships and that's with my sons and with you right so if i have unspoken resentments or mixed messages that are continually prevalent in the relationship with my children i can't ignore them if i want to be this person i'm talking about with everybody else right right and i think that's one of the things that i think really bothered me as a child and growing up was that so many people are just like, well, that's just the way it is. And well, we just, we're not that close. And oh, 
he really doesn't get along with his father too well, or he doesn't get along with his mother too well, or they talk bad about each other, or, and we just accept it like that's just the way it is. And I just, I don't buy that. It doesn't have to be the way it is. There can be real healing, and there can be real new beginnings. I guess the more important word is reconciliation. How can we reconcile that so that we can be free of the burden of those feelings? And a lot of that's worthy feelings, right? Obviously, I must have disassociated in many different ways when I realized that I wasn't the kind of father that I was being wasn't landing. And that's, I said it in the last episode too, that's true for any father. They get, maybe not any, I don't want to generalize, but you know, most fathers that I can think of, the moment they start to really feel like, hey, this just isn't landing anymore, and I'm giving my all, and I know my intentions are pure, and if they're just not going to see it or accept it or recognize it or try to reconcile it, then so be it. They're their own man. Go live their own life. Maybe someday they'll get it. I did my job. End of discussion. And that's it. But there's so much superficiality in that then. And anybody who's been in love with me or knows me closely, they know that I just don't do well with superficial. <laughs> <laughs> right? I just rather just say fuck off. Pardon yeah. the language. But that's also my own wounds. That's also my own compartmentalization. That's also my own disassociation. But also it tends to be also a cry for help. It's like, hey, my F off means something's wrong here. Can we please fix it? It's driving me crazy. And so I know that's, for me, I was grieving a lot in different ways and masking my own grief because I have my own grief as a father that I wasn't able to provide the image of the entire life that I would have liked to. And all of it's very impractical, typically, what we put on ourselves. I can't speak for as a son because I don't have a father, but I can speak for as a father that I put expectations on myself of, like, I wanted to get you guys cars when you were old enough, so I was able to do that, right? Or I wanted you guys to be well-traveled, so I was able to do that. But could I pay for all your college? No, I couldn't. I was able to get Judy in to compliment the household and be a feminine character and a nanny when I didn't have a wife or a partner. I was able to do that. But could I be more of a soccer dad? I couldn't do that. Could I be at each game or fishing more? And there's many different catalog images of a father that I fell short of and I was already grieving over that. But then there's to your point, what you were going through is like, well, why don't my sons understand though that parenting is really being a father and their well-being and is one of the most important, significant aspects of my entire human existence. Just because I grew up in such a shattered home and because I grew up without a father and because I grew up with dysfunction all around me at every level, that my aim to not abandon you guys, my aim to provide creature comforts, my aim to provide security, my aim to be a rock for you, my all those other things, it left me grieving and feeling misunderstood and particularly through kind of the last of the high school years. We've talked about it, and we, we don't need to belabor it, but frankly, there was also, like you said, a lot of mixed messages that were brought in by outside parties that poisoned the well at different times and that were presenting absolute untruths. Those were bitter expressions for selfish motives and reasons and hurt from, frankly, the way that Nikki and I were co-parenting in the way that we divorced, and then we shared the way that I hurt her, in the way that, that caused a big part of the divorce. So those mixed messages is what we're trying to also frequency out now, like vibrate out of the equation, because we're past that now, but they happened. And so part of those were you getting the message from other parties that are supposed to be credible parties, that your father just doesn't much care about you, that he has other priorities, and that you'll always be a secondary priority. And that was just not true. If that was the case, I would have been in Bali. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I would have taken off and gone way out of the equation. Most of what I've really tried to do, both professionally and personally, is to exactly do what we're doing here. Get us here now. Get us to the mountaintop. Get us to adulthood. Get us through life as functional human beings. Have fond memories. Have a childhood. I mean, that was something that my childhood it was cut pretty short because I was hanging out with mostly adults who were not prepared to be adults to manage children. And so I found joy in you guys being more sheltered than that. It's frustrating at times because I also want you to grow up faster sometimes, but I found joy in that. And so I think 
what I've got from this also is it's not so much about me trying to convince it anymore. It's not for me trying to say, well, what about this and what about that and how come you don't see this? It's already clear that it's been misunderstood in certain ways and then we all did what we had to do to protect ourselves because of it. But here we are now coming to greater realms of clarity and at minimum we can reorganize our memories and we can reorganize our feelings and find different truths in them to now lay the foundation for our relationship, which still has decades left. And that was a painting, is what that feels like. I'm trying to respond to that in, in a respectful way, and you know, I'll have to just be in the heart, just let yeah, it flow, let it I flow. guess. It was a mouthful, too. Yeah, I'm digesting <laughs> it, yeah. talking on it. But. Right? Because of the aha moment of the disassociation, which is really what I love about doing these podcasts with everybody is I've always said like, just give it like 40 something minutes and something will come out of it. Some level of truth will unfold. Like we don't ever really quite know what the nugget we're going to get. Based on the last podcast, that is huge. One of the things I guess that I will talk on is you brought up earlier before we started this, we took a moment and we did a prayer and had some intentions and Part of that was open heart, and, and it might have been clear eyes, or at least that's how I understand it. And throughout what we talked about, the acknowledgement of my faults has really reopened just how closed my eyes felt like they were. And I've really understood now how impactful the heart is and how crucial it is to actually trust your heart and trust your intentions and be all in. Find that I was at this, I hosted this really cool Christmas party the other day and it was amazing and a lot of my good friends showed up and it was like cookies and hot chocolate and, and I enjoyed it. I really did. But there's still that part of me that's still afraid to be truly vulnerable, to be truly in the moment. But I found that in protecting myself as I've become more in tune with my faith and in tune with what I believe to be love and light, the lies don't work anymore. Trying to overcompensate rather than letting go and letting love flow, it doesn't bear fruit the same way. And then upon realizing that I disassociated and then thinking about it and going through the emotions of that, I started seeing all of my memories. And then I saw them not in the same light, though. It was almost like a light was shined on them. And it was like, I was not a good person. And well, you've always been a good person. I've always been a good person. Yeah. But my actions, because I was trying to disassociate and understand things, I wasn't in my heart. And so I, I didn't have the capacity to almost do everything good that I would have wanted to do. And that was, again, that misunderstanding of, no, my intentions are pure, and I don't want to have to constantly change the way that I do things because of other people not responding. Like, I don't want to change who I am, but then I did, you know, because yeah, it hurt. Yeah, right, because it hurts. Yeah, a couple of words come to mind. Disassociation is one thing, and that's a big, big broader, right? And we're talking about years, right? When we started this podcast, we were talking about, what do you remember? And it's like, hardly nothing, right? And for me, like, it struck a chord, right? There was part of me that was angry. There was part of me that was sad. There was part of me that was just disappointed, not just in you, but in just like the in whole, general. in general, yeah. like just a looming kind of bummerness to it that I felt, and I felt robbed and cheated. And not just from you, but just from all of it. And so when we're guarded, which is another word that's a little bit more the active word underneath elements of when we disassociate and check out, is, yeah, number one, we're guarded. I can use one example of like when your mom and I got divorced, I was so emotionally distraught that I used to be a big hugger. Like I was like a hippie hugger. And I've mentioned this before in other podcasts on Mixed Messages, but I shook when anybody came in for a hug for at least a long time. And I actually was starting to shake when you guys were really tiny and I was hugging and trying to love on you guys, or when you guys would run up and show me joy. I was so hurt about all kinds of things and things that I'm still working out for my own childhood now that I was also withdrawing or guardedness and sending that mixed message straight as a father. And that's when I actually ju jumped into some therapy at that time. 
and like really tried to work through because I did not want to have that youthful distance with you guys, right? You guys are young, innocent children. I have to be able to be fully embracing of love and joy and so on, right? So there's that guardedness though that happens to all of us and if we don't do something about it, it just sticks with us. Then to your point, lies is one word, but there's it's also a really big, bold word. It can also just be manipulation, deception, fraud, imposter syndrome stuff where we're like, we're just gonna act like we think they want us to act. It's not a lie necessarily, but it's inauthentic. And typically, especially now that people are all the more keen about authenticity, everybody knows it's happening. So like you said, it doesn't work, it doesn't pay the same yield because at the end of the day, we know that it's, we're being bullshitted. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So some of that showed up in visual ways of like, back at the, the house in Naples, one of the ways that I could feel love from you is that at least when you came over to the house, we knew that you'd want to eat. And it was a way that you could come over and express your love of, I'm here to eat. And we might not have had any other really thing to bond on, but at minimum we knew that you were going to eat and you were going to be there and that you made the time to be there and that I wanted you to eat and I wanted to have a full pantry for you and food that you would love and enough to feed you and your friends or your girlfriend or anybody. And so it's those where we got to share those little moments in that narrow range. And then outside of that, we were still found ourselves in a lot of situations where we were guarded. I think still because you were living with your mom, there was still a level of protecting your mother and not getting too close to me because you know the struggles she's had with us. And in all fairness, I can take accountability that I've not always been the most approachable person to broach these kinds of things with or to really come and surface hard truths with. That's taken some time for me to get to as well. Yeah. And I thank you for acknowledging that. I know that it brings the picture of this kind of moment we talked about where in the past we had our friends over at the pool. And we've talked about this, right? And I don't know if all of us were misbehaving, but at least the kids were. And well, this is way back. This is way, moment. way back. Yeah. And you came in and you reacted and you responded and they were scared and they ran off. And yeah. we were like, no, it's fine. It's just how he is. Yeah. And being told that story as an adult makes me think that if there wasn't a preconceived notion or all of the other factors that went into it or even all the pains of other people who really have these harsh interactions with their dads. I feel like if the mixed message wasn't there, I feel like I actually would have been better off. I would have been thicker skinned. I would have been more truthful, probably a bit more confident. And that probably could have reflected in other aspects of my life. I know that was a belief for a long time was like, I can't really talk to my dad because he's such an intense character. But that's also a mixed message because it's your character. Right. It's not so much a behavior and there's a fine line between you being softer now behavior which really goes miles versus what's still always going to be your character which is going to be like if i'm a loser you're going to call me a loser it's he true does. though i do you do you, I, it's the like, way it is he I has do, i do that he's like you guys are losers <laughs> i think i try to put it in context of you're being losers instead of you are losers I was yeah like, like I've ever identified, but same point, same point. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. That's a, we all want empathy for our character, right? And if you really believe that even the harshest character loves you, we watch the Scrooge every year and somehow we all fall in love with him by the end. You can be like the most shrewd, awful character and still there's lovable aspects of you or someone loves you even. And so that's to your point. If the mixed messages weren't there, if those seeds maybe had not been planted, but some blame, it happened for different reasons, but or if we were able to overcome them earlier, yeah, I think you guys would have been much more embracing of my oddities and my tough skin roughness and seen it as love more. Saw that the translation, you would have had a translator. It right. would have been like, that's dad's love. That's him loving us. And right. yeah, it doesn't feel so good right now, but it's, he cares. And I would come up with all philosophy of what's the opposite of love. Indifference. Yeah. And so I'm not See, indifferent. That's you know? the thing with your character, though, <laughs> right? is Gabriel and I both remember that the opposite of love, indifference. I was thinking of an I, truth is love. 
no glove, no love, right? <laughs> Those things, yeah, we say that in this family. How serious you were about respecting our brotherhood, like with Gabriel and I, like, yeah. you were very serious. Like you guys, there was no scenario where we were not going to make peace. Fact. And those are fundamentals that I think Gabriel and I still remember after years. And I think that it really does come down to whether or not you're coming across as love, because if you really are just angry or you're being egotistical or you think you're better and you're trying to what i call projection is what i'm understanding like things that you're dealing with in yourself and you're just projecting it on somebody else that's a harsh thing for people to deal with but then also to respond to and to respect and to digest sure but truth cuts straight and so there is a thing of a little bit of tough love in a way that's not toxic like i i really will vouch for that this podcast is gabriel and i made peace and maybe that's part of how much we took that seriously yeah i mentioned who can say whether it was my yelling or my begging or my consistent persistence or which again sometimes when you don't know if it's landing you just try everything yeah you throw the kitchen sink at it's what they say and in fact if it took me scaring it into you as a father i took the liberty to decide that that when that was appropriate because when they say also you can't always be your children's friend there is a power dynamic here a maturity power dynamic discipline discipline is discipline a thing is, as i'm older i'm recognizing okay i'm gonna be honest yeah always sometimes i think of tahoe and i'm like yep he's more behaved and i think <laughs> of the fact that tahoe grew up with dad yeah without the seeds right so i'm like the discipline probably would have done good for me. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes. Yeah, if we weren't, yeah, because there were times that, so yeah, I was like, I felt like I was swimming up river with your, with my co-parenting partner on how to discipline my children, how to fundamentally lay certain principles in play, how to ensure certain levels of maturity year over year, those kinds of things. And then I think this is one of the really bummer downfalls of divorce is you're not in the same household being able to make those calls together for your children. So for me, in hindsight, looking at it in so many different ways, I usually typically don't allow myself to do that, to go back and to try to say what I would do differently. There are certain aspects that I would have done differently, just even from the divorce, even working harder on myself instead of checking out, working harder with your mom to make sure that we 100% aligned on certain things that were absolutely i felt super crucial for your guys's well-being to mature from young men to adults and some of that was lost and lost in translation and so that's one of the things that kicked up helped flush out the nugget of the dissociation last time is i was able to say i'm already bummed out that you don't remember or you don't seem to remember all these things with the same rose-colored glasses that i do and then maybe even I'm even more bummed out, not remove my ego from it. I'm even more bummed out that you didn't get to experience them from the freaking awesomeness that they were, maybe. That they didn't have a greater impact in the kind of experiences that we got to have, right? But I think now when we talked about it, I said, I really came down to put all that aside. What do you, son, feel like you might have missed out on? And that's where that flushed out. That's where it bubbled out is what didn't you get out of your childhood? Because you deserve an apology for that in some way, shape, or form. You deserve recognition for where you feel you were cut short and what you feel like you deserve as a sensitive, awesome human being. And that doesn't have to happen in today's show. It could happen in today's show, but at least it's a conversation that you have every right to communicate to me about, and I won't take it personally as to, yeah, like I I didn't get this as a child, or I didn't get that as a child. Or I'm still working through those issues so I can have a healthy relationship because I didn't get to have that at that time. And and the beauty is that for me not to take it personally, actually, because I'm not trying to compliment it with, but you got this and you got this and my intention was right. I think that's one of the things that we both are landing on is, of course, as our life passed us by and was we experienced, we both had pure intentions. We're both good people. And given the opportunity to let people close to us, like I said, there's aspects of me that's very unapproachable, but there are tons of people who come to me with their deepest concerns, thoughts, feelings, and need of counsel that I offer the world as a human being. And I'm very approachable and very available and very emotionally equipped 
Especially now. And even more now. But for my whole life. So, albeit I put different walls up or I, or I created pictures in my head about what a proper parent is going to be. And so I missed cues, maybe. I didn't devil down on nuances that I saw that needed healing earlier. There's tons of stuff I can take accountability for. But being misunderstood is one I think we can get rid of. I care. I'm approachable. I have good intentions. You care. You're actually approachable. You have good intentions. What can we do, not just between each other, but like you said, with your friends at the events, at the things of not having to put on any kind of mask, not having to guard your heart a little bit, not having to worry about opening up and being happier and your true self, and whether it be goofy or any other form of character, and feel the fear of rejection. Yeah. We don't need to feel rejection. We don't have to fear that. Rejection should be reserved as probably a much more profound experience than somebody not quite getting where we're coming from, because we can help them over that. Yeah. Or we can also say, well, that's your problem, not mine. If it's just somebody new, oh, I don't know why he's so emotional and talks this way if they're talking about me. I'm like, well, it's really not my priority to help you understand that. But I'm not going to sit here and feel shut down because I'm not liked by it. And I'm not going to put up a charade and try to pretend to be something I'm not in order to fit in. And I think it's easier for me at 50 to do that. But for you, it's still at this impressionable part of your life. Right. It's pretty important that you don't. And mine is a little bit different too because I genuinely want to make people, and I recognize that I cannot do that situational. I used to think that because I was checked out that everything was situational, right? It wasn't so much nuances as it is like there's some sort of conceptualized thing that I can figure out to then make this better. So I don't mean it like that. I guess what I mean is I want to leave people better off having met me than worse off. And so there's that sense of responsibility. And so there's this extra nervousness with now how I'm behaving with people. And that's part of where I am recognizing that keeping myself mentally stable and healthy, having good values, making good decisions, that does more than you know anything that I could try and figure out how I should explain this or how I should tell somebody. Or I know in the last podcast, there was so much theology and attachment to still all these what's going on. And I mean, we just gotta, we just gotta be real. We just gotta be authentic. We just gotta take those moments. And so encouraging confidence. Yeah. Right. And so like you said, by you doing all that well-being, mental health type of exercises, it's really giving us our superhero cape. Yeah. It's allowing us, we don't have to make it up for anybody. Like you said, they're simply better off for being in our presence because we know that we're ethical and we're principled. We're good humans, right? Nobody, they don't have to like us, but we're definitely, we're here to do less harm. Kind of a do no harm program. We don't have to tell them what to do. And what to feel. Or what to feel. Yeah. But if they can feel better being with us, who knows how that's going to impact them and then impact further down the line in their lives. And so I guess rejection is not so much of an issue as much as it is having to believe that people want to be with me. Well, one of the things that I've learned in recovery, in addiction recovery, which, you know, as I'm going through my own, but I'm also reading a lot and applying different levels, of, is that one of the things they teach is you have to really, and just to resolve some of your own suffering, is you have to accept people for where they're at. And so in that, just to your point of what you're saying, sometimes people aren't going to feel better because they're in our presence. But at least, isn't it good enough that they don't feel worse? Right. Isn't that enough? Yeah. That we're not here to make people feel worse? So you, we may often not get the feedback that, and we all like that. I mean, I did. I spent a large part of my youth, I guess the word I'm looking for is like vivaciously. That's a big word. That's a big word. I, was, I don't even know what that means. Vivacious was kind of like I came in the door slammed the door open and said, Mr. Fantastic is here. We're going to have a great freaking time. Mm -hmm. We're going to live a better life. We're going to reach high. Things are going to feel more extraordinary. Little highs are going to be higher highs. I spent a lot of my time being that person. And I would say 85% of that was authentic. At least the character that I recognized with myself at that time that I became. 
And it looked like, and for the most part, outside the people who were jealous of me or whatever, they're like, this guy's fun. This is a great time. I freaking like him. He can come to our party anytime. And that's a great feeling for a while, but that's really personality. Where essence is when people are in your presence and they feel safer. Yeah. They feel more inclined to either be able to be more themselves, whether that be quieter and more introverted or whether it be more open and extroverted. We give people permission to be that by being more authentic ourselves, obviously. And insecurities are part of the mixed messages that get in the way with that, right? They really are a mixed message. When we're feeling insecure, it's like horses feel it, animals feel it. I was watching 60 Minutes on that where these prisoners were training horses. They got to come out and have this in between almost out. And they say it like, if I'm around these horses, I have to have my shit together. I have to have my emotional being right because they feel it and they respond to it. And I believe that's true for all humans. We just don't know how to communicate that that's what we're feeling. And I used to say that with you guys, and I meant it as a man in kind of the protective way is men, when they see an Achilles heel, maybe not such good men or in more insecure men, if they see your weaknesses, they're going to come after them, right? And strong women, if they're asking you to love them and they see your weaknesses and insecurities, they're going to come after those because they're going to need those to go away so they can trust you and unfold in their love with you. I guess I'm saying all that to say that having other few people feel better off for having gotten to know us or be in our presence has less to do with our personality and more to do with how much have we healed of our own life and how confident are we and how comfortable on our own skin are we. It takes a lifetime sometimes to get there or, or major breakthroughs. And I think that's the one thing that I think is really beautiful is that you can have major breakthroughs that absolutely transform your life overnight. People can change. They change. This whole thing, yeah, behavior is one of the hardest things to change. And therefore, if you stick to the same behaviors, you're probably going to be reliably this other person. But true psychological consciousness and spiritual know-wherewithal wherewithal and belief systems in general, you can take a belief system and just crush it and say, that belief system, I no longer believe. It doesn't serve me. It gets in my way of happiness. It gets in my way of having other people feel comfortable around me. And so we're going to go ahead and just put that one to bed. And I hope through these sessions, one of those is, dad doesn't love me. And it may take time for the festering wounds of what that felt like over all those years to go out. But in order for you to be the most loving father, if that's what you choose, or just even the most loving human being, I think it's a fact that the better relationship you have with your father within your own boundaries, within your own comfort zone, within your own choice, is going to enable you to have better and healthier relationships with other men and women. So these are pretty important core fundamental relationships to try to heal when, if and when we can. Not everybody gets the opportunity to do them and to at least set the course for that. So in the future, I welcome you to come back with, hey, I'm just, I'm struggling with this or I'm tackling with this dad because actually you did this shitty thing to me or you made me feel insecure this way that one time or, and I know that wasn't your intention, but you know, that's actually what keeps showing up for me. And if there's a way that we can walk that through, or I welcome you to go into counseling, I have yeah. to say, go get a therapist and yeah. really work through anything that you've gone through in your childhood that needs reconciling, whether it be with your mom, myself or society. I encourage everybody who's listening to this and is reconcile so you can be and be love. Wow. Well, what do you think? How do you feel? I mean, it's always a tough question, right? Because I think I, I read in a book once about relationships and particularly masculine and feminine is don't ask somebody how they feel because then they might start to start thinking about how they feel. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I knew that this podcast was something that I really wanted to do good on. And sometimes it's also that desire to do really good that also gets in the way of presence. Absolutely. And so I'm really hoping... Performance anxiety is what that's called. Yeah. Like I've got 24-7, well, not really, but anytime it involves other people now, yeah, I recognize because I don't want to take anyone or anything for granted anymore. And I think that you asked about if I had any regrets and I was like, yeah, no, it's my childhood. And I kind of referenced how my eyes were opened and things popped up again. Yeah. And yeah, 
I think that for a while, I, I felt like if people were becoming better, even if it hurt their feelings, maybe that was worth it. And now it's like, I don't know how worth it it was, but I don't want to waste it. What in particular are you mentioning? Kind of went out in the ethereal, which is cool, right? Yeah. But what exactly are you talking about? I believe in hurting people's feelings for their best interests. Yeah. I believe truth is love. At least they can decide whether or not it's full of uh, the, how much they want to take from me. But I think it takes more courage to tell somebody tough information than it does to just placate them. I think is is when you don't actually know what you're talking about is where it's coming from. Because I do think that there are certain ways that I, like in my first relationship, that was a really big thing. When it comes with you and me, I try to stand on the rock of when I needed you most, this last wave, yeah, you were there. And so that honestly is so powerful that looking at the past, I can't help but vouch for you in, in all the circumstances. I really can't say anything that negative anymore. But, you know, you can also acknowledge, like you said, that there were lots of times in your childhood where you felt like you needed a dad or your dad and in a different way than your dad was showing up for you. Yeah, I think the way I understand it is how it unfolded in my own life. Yeah, sure. Because I have to vouch for you, it's not so much what happened as much as it is like what didn't happen. Like you said, I also felt right when I was waking up, I did feel robbed as well. And I had to navigate that and recognize that, no, I wasn't robbed because at least in my case, and in my faith, I know that it can bear good fruit. And I just feel so fortunate that I'm not 40. Like, honestly, I just feel so fortunate that you came through with this podcast and God and just all the wonderful forces. And I don't even understand how that works, but just the way that it happened at such a young age is amazing. Boom. That's what I'm talking about. It but it's, does it is you. still tragic. It is still tragic. <laughs> it is. It did affect my life. Absolutely it did. You Without know? a doubt. It's in no, no way that it couldn't. And your first love and yeah, solid. Great job saying that out loud and feeling that in full honesty and sincerity. Thanks. Yeah. I think. And yeah, be happy that you're not 20 more years in yeah. on this. With all For this real. held in and yeah, done. like how much more life it it feels like. So like I have these memories coming up and I'm, some of them are really fun. I'm like, I actually did that and that was hilarious and it was so much fun and it's a fun memory. But I didn't care about it at the time. Like it, I, because I was so caught up. I guess that's where I'm talking about, was it worth it? Right, you was know? the chip on the shoulder worth like, it? I'm what did better it do for it. it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But was it worth it? Oh, man. Did I need it? Probably and not. Guess, In some cases, probably not. You were, you've always been, but you, at least as a child, I can say you were humorous, fun, gentle, sensitive. You did over-respond to, in a sensitive way, you know, that probably, I don't mean over meaning it was ever too much, just meaning that you were a hypersensitive little being you were then. I don't know what that makes of you now, but you know, Anyone who knows you or knew you then would just want to shelter you to be all that. Nobody would ever want you to hurt. Nobody would ever want you to feel misunderstood. Nobody would want you to, to have those big emotions at such a young age that you didn't know what to do with and process and compartmentalize and put away and feel like you had to handle them all on your own. No one would want that for you. They'd want you to have your childhood in its full expression for as long as you can have it. Because you're just, you were such, you are now, but I'm just saying, I'm talking like little G-man. Yeah. Which no, is I, such a freaking cute kid. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Nobody wants to see him sad, angry, mad, hurt. Yeah. Those are still housekeeping items that you're going to have to work through because they're still going to play out in your life. Not just with me, but in general, where you did feel like you, you caught short. And maybe you can go relive those memories with this new viewpoint. Maybe you can kind of reprogram, as I say, rechannel, remap your DNA by taking yourself back to some of those places, taking the hurt out of it, and rememorizing it. That's so fascinating that you brought that up because I didn't do that 
I was walking with this dog, right? And occasionally I get the surfaces, I get the the feelings. Again, I'm just, I'm so glad that it was Natalie. I'm just, I'm so glad because it was like putting two broken people together. They tried it and I understand that it could have happened. Like it, it really, like, like the, the relationship. Sure, it sure, could have. Sure, sure, could have. Yeah, you know, yeah. But she's living her best life. She's so much better for it. And it's so great. And if she was to listen to this, I thought about this a bunch. And I guess I'm bringing it up is that every time that she bared my burdens in a way that I was not coming correct and she was not pushing me completely away, like all of the things that I did that would have given her the right to shield, that was not fruitless because now I can look back on that. I can recognize that. I can actually acknowledge that. You know, And I don't think that I would have woken up the same way that I did if she didn't bear it so much. Yeah, it was a really loving you know? act from her too, and let you know how much she did love you. And you can also, for lack of a better term, not be a douchebag and learn the error of your ways. Learn where you're emotionally broken. Learn where your ego is out of control in different ways, all of us, right? Because we're hurt or because we're protecting ourselves or because we're disassociating or because we're guarded or because we're whatever. So then we're acting out or we're not being present or whatever. And somebody who really loves you when you let them in your life, especially at that level of an intimacy, they're going to knock at that door every time. Yeah. They're going to say, yeah, that doesn't fly with me. We're in an intimate relationship with each other. You're going to have to open this door and, and give, right? So at least like you said, it's not for naught. Right. You guys got to have a very beautiful love affair. You got to have your own young love, first love in a lot of ways, right? And you both got to mirror each other. And, and we learned a lot. Like one of the things I've understood, and I want to bring this up for any partners out there, is... I guess I was so convinced because I was checked out and I was situational and it was like, okay, what's going on? What can we fix? What can we fix? What can we fix? And that helped her. It helped me, but it became too much and it completely took the fun out of it. It went too far. But I think back on it and it's like the way that she was able to test me, you know, or call me out or the way that our personalities meshed really beautifully in some ways, but then also were affected in other ways, like her oversensitivity to the world's problems and maybe just sensitivity to the world's problems, but that's how it came across to me, was actually breaking what was my lack of sensitivity because I used to be so sensitive and then I walled up. So I was denying the very essence of who I was. Yeah. And she's one of the very few people you know, and I guess like with us and our mixed messages, I wasn't able to recognize your influence on that as much. But at least with Natalie, I can look back on it and be like, maybe she noticed. And I also noticed something in, in her. And so what really was my fault was that I made it so situational and trying to fix it or make her better or make her a make wrong. Right. Instead of actually going, no, there's this thing that I'm seeing, I guess being love, that I understand it now, could have helped her blossom into that authenticity again. Absolutely. In absolutely. ways that I never could have imagined. And it's so, it's paradigm of thinking that we have to always tell others what we're wrong about or tell others these things or solve these problems when they solve themselves just from being together. That's right. And additionally, her testing me and almost not being like 100% compatible could have, and in a memory stance, like you're saying, like re-evaluating the memories, it teaches me today. Absolutely. It humbles me today. And the story with the walk was that I used to just want to hang out all the time and sleep and make love. And I wasn't as awake. I wasn't as emotionally available. Yeah. And when she would have to go shopping with her grandmother, because her grandmother was this really amazing cook. She was this Uzbekistan, Polish, historic figure. And there was some issues that I had in the past in terms of her behavior, at least with Natalie, because I was protective of that. But now I've forgiven that. And I have actually a huge respect for her, interestingly enough. And I do feel like I missed out on a relationship with her. 
actually, to be fair as well. Yeah, she invited you to go participate in those important things. And just, I'm just trying to be... In any circumstance. Like in all the when circumstances. I'm over there, just yeah. conversing with her and not being so offended, but sure. recognizing, like you brought up, recognizing where someone's at. Yeah, that's right. You know, like I could have stayed a little bit out of what wasn't my business, supported Natalie in the way that I could, Hallelujah. which could have helped her in much bigger ways than I was able to. Absolutely. By being emotionally available and by being love. Yeah, and by giving up the fixer. You can't, yeah. we can't fix people. Because she wasn't wrong. And she wasn't wrong. Yes, I saw something in her that I knew could have blossomed. And that's what's so painful is like knowing that she's probably there now. And <laughs> it's like, always I'm hard not, to realize, yeah. Anyway, and unconditional and love it's, though. It's worth, that. it's worth fighting for that. The way I look at it now is if you have 10 things that you are truly compatible with and it's not just that you like the same sports but like really living together compatible like emotional frequency type stuff yeah if you have 10 it's worth it shit if this you have six actually there's a book called the 12 steps of compatibility right and i think keeping this in frame with what you're experiencing and you're processing now with natalie and your relationship and, and that's a revisit right and that's a thing but also contextualizing it for the podcast a little bit here too. It's one thing for us to work through our stuff, but you're also the child of a single mother, right? And a powerful, beautiful, bold single mother, right? And so those have their influences on you as well that will partake in all your relationships, right? Some of this stuff can be very textbooks. It's going to require for anyone who wants to be a strong man for, or a strong masculine for their feminine, is that, Everybody will tell you over and over and over in every single book is that women don't share their problems or their concerns or their desires with you for you to fix it. They first and only want to be heard. They want to be heard. They want to be respected. And then you can call them out if you feel like there's something off there. Or, but, and they want you to be strong and convicted in yourself and so that when they, you do decide to give counsel, they can trust it. But fixing isn't a thing, particularly in intimate relationships. There's no make it right because somebody shared something. Because usually it's never that easy. So these are just skills now. Now that you see where we fell short, like I, I'm the same way. Like there was a part with you know, relationships I look back at. It's like I wasn't up first thing in the morning and let's go for a run and let's make our breakfast together. And if I would have just been yeah. that guy, I think a whole bunch of other stuff would have just unfolded naturally and our relationship would have been all the more stronger for it. I second that. Absolutely. The way that I'm understanding it is just A, being there, yeah, being available, That's like right. you're saying. But also, like, I was so focused on who we were that I forgot, like, how good it is to just make that extra effort to drive to her at work. Those efforts of, no, I'm going to put my stuff down. I'm going to put my traumas down. And what do I actually like about being around this person? And then just do it. Right, yeah. I have a hard time when I start a story because it's in my head because I don't forget that I didn't finish it. So hopefully this adds to that. And I love what you said, actually. I don't want to negate that either. Sure. I'm trying to add on, but perhaps one of these days I'll get better about back and forth as well. I'm listening. Is, is, so I'm walking the dog and I'm going over the bridge and I remembered how all those times I didn't want to go, like I wanted to hang out with Natalie, but I wanted to do it on my terms, in my comfort zone, in my house, in my bed with my shows, with my movies. And it was like, well, I have to go shopping with grandma. And it's, oh, okay. I thought of, and I almost relived this new memory of if I went, if I was like, hey, I'm actually gonna go shopping with you. That to me felt like more love fundamentally than so many other things of me trying to be loved, trying to be right, trying to fix. And it just, it felt so good. I was like, that could have been a beautiful moment of it would have the respect with her grandmother. She would have been like, dude, this guy came out here. And if I was humble and didn't even say a word, I was like, hey, I'm going to come shopping with you. Helped out. Didn't even say anything. That's already beautiful. But then imagine if they were like, why did you come out? Why are you here? And it's because I want to be with Natalie. Because I want, she's busy. Because I love your daughter. I love your granddaughter. This. Yeah, because I love this woman. And, and I want to be, be supportive. Yeah. And that to me, fundamentally, 
was one of the most beautiful made up memories I've had in a long time. That's awesome. Do more of those, right? Those and those are good aha moments. Little and, suggestion. And yeah, little <laughs> suggestion. And it reminds me of my favorite screenplays. It reminds me of my favorite movies. There's always that. And a lot of it comes with regret. There's a lot of screenplays that have been written like this where what if I would have just gotten that car that day? What if I would have just woke up and like you said and went and did the grocery shopping that day? What if I would it's true. Sometimes an entire different future is painted. And so that's, I guess, what's so exciting about it. when we walk our lives now, this present. And again, like you said, with heart, more in heart and less in our shit and our character and our situational and our entitlement and entitlement, entitlement probably huge. is a big one. Right? I think that was, I think that entitlement was the additive that, so I had my damage, but I think my intentions were pure enough entitlement is i think what really destroyed the relationship yeah and i'm guilty of that and a few of mine that i'm not proud of held on to my character too strong held on to what i thought stubborn was stubborn just stubborn as hell me too and it was unfortunate it didn't have to go that way and at the end when i look back at it it's not really the message i was trying to send that's really what i'm trying to get right by myself still to this day till the 1000th mixed messages episode is get out of my own way and my own stubbornness when I really mean I love you and I don't say it. I don't mean meaning I don't be it. That's something I want to resolve for myself before I die more often, as often as I can. And it sounds like you're doing the same work. So God bless you and your relationship with her. I'm really happy I got to experience you two together. I think you guys really did so much for each other. And it was a delight having her in our life. I always saw her as another daughter. I, I, I adore that gal. And we do wish her the best up there. And this is the work. This is the work that you do to try to make sure that we don't make those mistakes again. Yeah. To make sure that the next people who come in and trust their hearts with us, we do better. And to do a wrap on today's show, like let's do our best to avoid performance anxiety with each other. You don't have to perform for me. You'll know when my frowny face and when I'm happy face, but it's not because you're never you're less loved ever and it's not because you didn't do right or you did do right i have the right to have a frowny face every once in a while and a happy face about it and you have the right to not have to worry about that too and to also have a frowny face and not have a frowny face just starting with ourselves and then with others we don't have to perform for others we have to be our best selves and in that we give more that is performing for others it's a paradigm right it's the confusion it's the mixed Message. Mixed messages, mixed messages, mixed messages. <laughs> the one thing I will add is when he said up there, she moved out of Florida. Just yeah, to clarify. Up there, meaning New York, over yeah. there, up there. Yeah, up there. we all transferred. Yeah. All right, well, we've taken our listeners to yeah. quite a little adventure here on our multi-season episode podcast. Thank you for the Father Thank and Son you. sessions. It means a lot to me. Me too. And I hope it meant more than just expression for myself, but I know that the podcasts have helped. It's been healing and, for me. You know, it's not, without a doubt, it's, it's been very it's healing. It's another layer of therapy. And yeah, it is. For anybody listening, it's really worth having those conversations, even if it's to yourself at first. And having the podcast mentality, it's really different because there's almost this thing with the mic that just makes it easier to not maybe rely so much on the baggage or the delusions. It's easier to just speak it out. And so I do recommend like considering anybody who needs it, have those conversations, think about it, and don't take anything for granted is what I'm understanding. Even the air we breathe, this is a lyrics from a song, but even the air we breathe is a gift that we think we're entitled to. Don't take anything for granted. And I think that regardless of my own selfishness or my own understanding or my own expression is what I want you guys to take from this podcast. Because I'm going to take a whole lot of an hour, something that we probably talked about. I'm going to take a whole lot of my baggage and my understandings, but you're here too. And I haven't fully acknowledged that in the last podcast. I was a little egotistical, I think, and because my logic is very sound and I'm very good at conceptualizing and that has its faults sometimes as well. But yeah, peace and love guys. Well said. Yeah. Thanks Thank everybody you. for witnessing this with us and sharing it. Like my son says, hope you got something from it as well. And obviously if you're still listening to this point, you did. So God bless y'all. God bless. Thanks. He makes messages. He makes messages. He makes messages. He makes messages.
Mixed messages, 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 messages.